name is Dr. Calvin Mackey, and my company is STEM Global Action. This, 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 is, this is Diversified, diversified game, game, game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, we have Dr. Calvin Mackey, who this guy is motivational speaker. He is really pushing STEM. He's been doing it, not just when it sounded sexy, when some of you consultants out there wanted to get that RFP money, but he has been doing this work um, right out of Louisiana. You know, I had to get this interview because my wife and I both went to the Harvard of the South, Grambling State University. And so we, we know Louisiana for better or worse, Katrina, um, you know, we were there. And I really want to get in deep with you, Dr. Mackey. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hey, Kellen, thank you for having me, man. You didn't tell me you was a G, man, man. We have STEM Gremlin. We do uh, STEM <laughs> up at Gremlin with Magic Johnson uh, once a month, man. Really? Oh, we're going to get more about that because I have a professor. I need to connect you then with um, who's a young professor with a lot of ideas he's been doing it for about five six years but yeah that i that i am and um and, and proud of it because there was no experience like a hbcu experience as you know uh, but give us the game on you know stem it's a big word our community you know people say hey we need to go into STEM to get this money, but you have some kind of, you know, new things you're doing and putting the STEM in the comics. I'm going to let you just kind of talk about that because I don't want to share too much of your business in case yeah. you don't want folks asking you for a loan later on. <laughs> so STEM is just an acronym for science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. It encompasses all of the different disciplines that otherwise will fall under there. But people don't realize STEM goes uh, from being an electrician and a plumber to all, all way to, to being a nuclear engineer to uh, electrical engineer. So it, it, it's all of those different disciplines that may fall under them. The thing about STEM is that everybody realized that the world is changing. The world is changing right before our eyes. Hell, who would have thought you and I would be able to sit here, you in Florida, me in Louisiana, and just talk like we're talking now? 18 months ago, you know, people was fighting uh, Zoom and Skyping and things like that. Now we're living our life through it. So we see the world changing right before us. Instead of being a consumer of the world, we want to make sure our kids can participate in the 21st century and become uh, producers of the world. And, and you know, with that, the, the producers of the world, you know, not just being an end user, knowing how to set up a social media platform. Um, I, I want you to go deep in what you have seen throughout your journey of getting a kid maybe to shoot rockets to him saying, hey, I'm at, you know, um, AT&T, North, North Carolina, you know, AT&T. And I'm actually about to get my bachelor's, master's, PhD. Do we need to get the kids young or can we wait till they get into high school to push this STEM movement? You see, a lot of people think STEM, you got to come from a certain background or you got to come from a certain place. Kellen, I'm from New Orleans, but I'm from back of town, Girtown, Zion City. I'm from the lower nine where we don't mind dying. I'm from that wild Magnolia. I thought I told you. I'm from that CP3. You know you know me. What I'm trying to say is that I started from the bottom and now I'm here. 
I went to Morehouse College. I was at Morehouse. I started Morehouse in remedial reading, developmental mathematics. And 11 years later, I had a BS in mathematics from Morehouse, a BS, an MS, and a PhD in mechanical engineering from Georgia Tech. So that's four STEM degrees in 11 years. Now that's gangster. Now I say that to say this. If I can do that, there's more genius in our community because I don't want nobody sitting out there saying, you know, here goes some middle-class kid, guy, that, you know, telling us about what middle-class kids can do when I know we can go to, you know, to back of town and inspire kids to become, the, you know, the creators of the future. We have taken kids from right here in New Orleans who otherwise uh, didn't know, even know what an engineer was, and now kids are working for places like Lockheed Martin, Raytheon, Boeing, and AT&T as engineers, some of them already making close to six figures. What, I mean, the first graduate that we documented from STEMNOLA, you know, I went to visit, I went to Dallas, he worked for a defense contract out there, he picked me up, he took me to some burger place. I cursed him out and said, you don't take me to a steakhouse right now. But I mean, the, the thing is, bro, to, to see this cat and to see his mama now, to see his mama walk around the city with a chest out, knowing that my baby is doing this because he did that, that's what we've built. We built the ecosystem that we have laid on, laid on the city of New Orleans, and we're educating all of our families, all of our communities about the possibilities of the 21st century. And 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 and, and uh, you know, you know, it's the middle class people really that's, that's the biggest problem, right? Because they think they know. And you know, you go in a supermarket and you go up to the to the register and you. You buy the thing and you get a people, your, your, your little number, and then they give you money back and people are all excited without realizing that's STEM. That's data science. That, that's predictive data analytics. That's big data. And they're, they're, they're calculating, they're taking your data, and then they're making uh, business decisions based on uh, measuring your behavior. We got to let our kids know that. We got to teach our kids that so they can be on the other end of that rather than just being used for their data. Well, and, and I'm glad you said that because... I'm from Oconda. I don't know if you know where Oconda is. That's Oakland, California, after you see Black Panther. And, you know, Bay Area, big on STEM, but it doesn't seem to go everywhere. It stops at certain schools, right? So is there a package that you have that you can say, hey, schools, I got a package here. You can, you know, buy it or maybe there's some type of RFP or some type of grant where you can apply and you can find out what I'm doing that's working. So in the last in the last seven and a half, eight years, we've engaged over nearly 100,000 kids, over 20,000 families and over, and over 1,500 college students. We put over $1.5 million in the hands of college students as interns as we hire these college students and deploy them in the community as, as, you know, as STEM facilitators and mentors. Then we surround them with the STEM professionals so our kids can always see themselves at any station in life. So the bottom line is, you know, you talked about uh, Okanda and Wakanda. Well, we're building that that, that fictitious uh, building in, a, at, you know, in, in Black Panther. We're building a 42,000 square foot STEM innovation hub in the city of New Orleans to serve as our global headquarters so that schools that otherwise don't have access to STEM now have a, a, a ready uh, place where they can access and get the expertise and get the direction that they need for their kids. You are absolutely right. It's funny that some people think, and that's why I started off talking about the mindset of STEM, right? Some people think STEM is just for some people. It is absolutely amazing that you have Silicon Valley right there and you have, you know, Oakland, 
uh, uh, Alameda and, 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 and other places, Santa Clara, where kids are, are poor, the schools are broken down and the kids are not learning the things that are really being generated right there in their community. But New Orleans, we said never again. So we have created over 30 STEM kits. We have curriculum aligned to all of the standards. If, if teachers are listening, whether it's Common Core, Next Generation Science Standards, or whether it's ITAA for uh, ITEE for computer science, whatever it is, our standards have been aligned to it. And we're going to places where other people refuse to go. And we're, edu- we're, we're doing uh, professional development for those teachers. And we are training those kids to be ready for the 21st century. So you can go to stemglobalaction.com. Uh, our first affiliate, right, under STEM Global Action, we have all these affiliates. Like we have STEM NOLA for New Orleans, STEM Baton Rouge, STEM Grambling. We just kicked off STEM Illinois with the University of Illinois because the chancellor there said, look, man, we want this model to take our human capital and our technical capital off of this community and fulfill our mission and go back into the rural parts of Illinois and give these people what they need instead of keeping us right here on this campus. So stemglobalaction.com, teachers, parents, we have STEM, uh, STEM at home on Thursdays at 4 p.m. where you can download uh, uh, material lists at home. And at 4 p.m. on Thursday Central Time, I get online with a college student and we give we bring STEM directly to your house for your kids. So the bottom line is we want to make sure that never again our kids are walking around in a world that they're not aware of. And I have to have to get to this because the links will be in the description box and you guys can go check all that out. But people will say, "Ooh, STEM at home, virtual class, but I ain't got no money. And that's the first thing, you know, sometimes folks like to say. So how does it work for those who have money for red bottoms, these burka bags, whatever they are? Um, I, you know, I ain't seen them in person. <laughs> how does that work? You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I was on a panel recently and a lady got mad at me because I said, you know, sometimes our, our priorities are misplaced. I said, somehow we got $5,000 for travel volleyball, $5,000 for travel football and basketball. But when I say we have a STEM, uh, a STEM robotics camp for $300, people look at me like we're crazy. You know, your, your heart is where your treasure is. And we got to begin to value our children and invest in the minds of our children. If we don't change our mindset, while other people, I, I say this, every, I mean, there's a little kid in China and every day there's a little kid in China and a little kid in India studying under the cloak of darkness to a candle preparing for the day to kick our children behind. It's not even personal. They don't care if they're black or they're white. They don't care if they're rich or they're poor. They don't care if their daddy incarcerated or their mom or crackhead. The only thing they want to do is take advantage of the opportunities that our children are not taking advantage of. But check this out. You know, clay doesn't decide what it becomes. You mold clay. But the funny part about it, Elon, is that if you don't mold the clay, the engineer in me tell me that clay still takes a shape. And many of the things that we're seeing in our community, many of the things you're seeing with our children, is just clay that nobody decided to put their hands on. So what we've done is that most of our programming is free. Like in the city of New Orleans, if you, if you, I ask you three things. I say, uh, what's your zip code? I ask, do you get free lunch? Because if you get free lunch, your programming is, is all free. Uh, it's uh, really, really reduced. And what you're allergic to, because we feed everybody. So for our virtual program, the STEM at home, that is absolutely free, right? You can go to STEM at home. That's why we have the cards online. You download the cards and you go get the material yourself. And it's mostly household materials. However, you know, if you're saying, you know what, I ain't got time to go get this material and I want it. Now you can you can purchase the material from us and we'll send the material from you. 
but we're trying to lower all the barriers to entry for our kids to participate in STEM. So we're going out to companies. I just didn't get, had a, uh, a robotics camp in the city of New Orleans for over 200 kids. I got Chevron and UB Tech Robotics out of California uh, to partner with us. Chevron put up $100,000 and we gave these kids three, we gave these kids $300 robotics kits uh, to engage online for two weeks learning uh, programming and learning coding and artificial intelligence. Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Um, and, and I love the work that, that you're doing only because this was in your press release. Um, am I, am I even going to refer to this, but I need to know what was taught in your house, you being the older brother and your, you know, your younger brother being who he is, you can let the people know or not know, but he is a, a Hollywood actor. Um, um, how what were y'all taught? Because I think it was something like Joe Jackson. He was teaching something different in his house than, you know, what others were, were being being taught. He had too many successes. Whatever they want to say about the man, he produced kids that could produce profit and progress. So I just need to know, what do you think your parents did that was just different than what others were doing? You know, I'm one of six. Right. People talk about me and my brother, but uh, I'm the middle. I'm the middle boy. I'm the third child, but I have an older brother and I have three sisters. Uh, and my just, you know, just to get it out there, my brother is Anthony Mackey, the actor, Tupac. And, you know, he was eight mile, you know, Tupac and Biggie. And now he's Captain America, the first, you know, black Captain America. And it blows people away. Right. Because it is we grew up in a house and somehow you got one brother with a Ph.D. in engineering. When I got my Ph.D. at Georgia Tech, I was one of 11 African-Americans in the country that year. And then you have another brother on the other side of the brain achieving like he achieved. And that's what people won't believe, right? My mom went to a state-approved Negro high school and my daddy dropped out, of, dropped out of school in the eighth grade to pick cotton. We grew up in a house with no books in the city of New Orleans. Um, my daddy was a roofer. Uh, and, and after that, Hurricane Betsy in 1965, he took a ladder and put it on a car and just started a, a roofing company that eventually employed you know, brothers from all over the city. So every weekend, all of the boys had to go to work at the roofing company. And as we got older, we actually had to get on the roof. And I tell people what my mom and daddy gave us, they couldn't give us the reading. They couldn't give us the uh, the math. And that's why, you know, I, I tell people, I started Morehouse in remedial reading, development of mathematics. When I say I grew up in a house with no books, I mean, literally, you know, most black families, like most black families, we just had the encyclopedia, right? And I would go get the encyclopedia and they had those, plastic pages in it, and I try to draw the digestive system and things like that. But my mom and dad gave us work ethic and discipline. We had to get up every day and go put it down. My dad used to teach me, son, the greatest risk in the world is getting up every day with your, with your hand, with your future in somebody else's hands. Uh, but he, 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 I mean, he was a beast of a worker and I saw him create this business and I saw him employ people. And I'll never forget around Christmas time, He'd, he'd give me money. I was in high school. Now, this New Orleans, so, you know, we can go to the liquor store. He said, boy, go get this. I go get cases of liquor. I go to the bank and get some hundreds. And as the men come in, he'd get, he, they would get their check, and he'd give them an envelope with their crystal bonus, and he'd give them the fifth of their favorite liquor, and he said, son, we feeding families. He said, this is what it's about. These men now can take care of their families. So, I mean, things like that, bro. He didn't have education, but he had that wisdom that otherwise let us know that we live in a country where we can get up 
and create our dreams if we're willing to work 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 towards. No, that's a beautiful thing. And I'm I was laughing when you said you could get uh liquor because uh Oakland was just like New Orleans at a, a time and even when credit was uh, available. You know, I remember hey, saying <laughs> You know, like I brought my friends. They come to town that day. This little, this little, uh, this little bar, right? And I knew where my dad was, so I go. Now the bar was next to a church, and people don't believe this. And I still think I'm not. I would go between the church and the bar, and I knock on this little window, and they'll they'll open a little window, and I see my daddy. He's like, "Boy, what you want?" My daddy and my uncle and then I said, "Look, give me a pickle and some potato chips." <laughs> It's it's still a couple pockets like that in the world, folks, because I I know when living in Lubbock, Texas, that um, I had a friend, you know, and she brought her daughter to the bar and I said, she can't sit there. She said, in Texas, this is the rules. If you're with me, I said, wow. Oh, okay. And they allowed it. I said, you know, okay, okay. You know, it's it's, it's a different time. She was a a Mazungu, a white woman. But um, I said, hey, we in Lubbock. We in your area. I don't know nothing. Um, You know, but it's 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 amazing what STEM can do. But can you also talk about you know, for those who are listening who say, oh, OK, I'm going to jump into STEM. What areas should they focus on? Because you have folks like Mark Cuban who say, you know, STEM jobs aren't going to be what they used to be. They're going to come down. And I've actually been involved in a contract where you start teaching inmates how to uh, code. And yep. I said, oh, this is what Mark Cuban was talking about, because if you got all the inmates coding now, you know, it, it's going to be different. So talk about what jobs uh-huh. do you think are going to shoot through the roof. You, you you touched on something, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I say this and people get mad with me. And I said, you know, coding may be, coding may be the, the, the minimum wage job of the 21st century. Uh, why do they want all our kids to code, right? Most innovation occurs on the cusp of, of it, it, it's interdisciplinary. You got to know coding in something else, right? And then you can create something that otherwise that never existed before. And it's funny how they keep saying, you know, y'all need to code, you need to code, you need to code. And for my sons, and I got two sons, my, my son, my son, I mean, what we created with, with STEM NOLA, it really came out of my son. My son was in the second grade, he came home and, and he said, in the third grade, he came home and said, look, daddy, I don't like science anymore. I said, boy, what's wrong with you? It's in your DNA. And he said, look, the teacher, you know, the only thing the teacher does is talk to the board and I like to do stuff with my hands. I said, well, we need to make this right. And this is what privilege is. Since I had a PhD in engineering, since my wife was a pharmacist, we got online. We ordered a whole bunch of stuff from Amazon. It showed up at my house. I got in my SUV. I went to uh, Home Depot and I bought a big cabinet, set up our own lab in the garage. And every Saturday, we started doing these hands-on activities. A couple of months later, my son came home and I said, what's your grades, son? He said, Daddy, I got all these. I said, that's what I expect of you. He said, Daddy, my friends want to know how I know all this. I said, son, uh, did you tell him you do this in the garage with your daddy? He said, yeah, daddy, but my friends need this. Right then and there, he had the entropy that he must have got from his mom to realize that he was exposed to somebody and things that his friends were not. And he realized, he, he believed in his heart of hearts that if his friends were exposed to those people, they'd be just as bright as him. And right then and there, I realized I'd become like a whole lot of other people and keeping my time, my talent, and my treasure to my two when I had something to offer the world. So we took, we took that out of our garage and put it in a community so we can expose the entire community to things like chemistry, biology, artificial intelligence, data science. We even had a food science camp this summer 
I mean, if you got a billion-dollar economy in New Orleans called food, and the only thing we're doing is eating and getting fat, something wrong. We taught our kids about the business of food, the production of food, the manufacturing of food, the tra- transportation and logistics of food. So when you start talking about the future, I keep telling parents, look, if your kid doesn't know what to do, tell your kid they want to, you know, major in two things, right? A, a focus on two things. One is homeland security, uh, a digital security. As long as there's these computers, we're going to have to worry about whether or not our, our, our stuff is safe. Now, whether or not our stuff is safe and how data is, 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 is monetized and commercialized and this and that, that's political, that's sociological. So regardless of what our kids want to be, if they understand digital security, they can take it and run with it, whether it's political, whether it's the humanity side, whether it's the technical side. Homeland security is, 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 is everything, right? You saw with the whole with, with, with the whole Trump foolishness with Russia and Korea. It's political, it's, it's history, it's, it's sociological, it's psychological. So in those areas, our kids can find themselves in whatever it is they want to be, whether they want to be heavy technically or whether they want to be heavy humanities from the person side. But but that's where it's at. But in the future, you're right. STEM is going to come down and the humanities are going to take over. Because Keelan, here's the thing, bro. We're going to have to learn how to live again. I mean, because we're going to have to redefine community. What does it mean to be community, right? I mean, you know, we live in a society now where we tell our kids they ain't getting a bag and they're not a man, right? So, you know, if there's something called universal basic income, UBI, where they're just going to give everybody money, and they say, well, what's that, Mackie? I say, that's welfare for white people. You know, when it's black people, it's welfare. Now they're calling it universal basic income because we don't have jobs. So now they're just going to give everybody money then what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a community? So the, the, the philosopher, the psychologist, the counselor, the pastor, you know, in the next 10 years, man, we're going to have some real serious problems that we're going to have to deal with. You know, you say that I had a uh, gentleman, um, vice lord, um, or lord vice, excuse me. Um, I'm old school and dyslexic, but uh, <laughs> I, I got, <laughs> but um, the, uh, he told me, he's like, my generation, he was about, you know, 27, something like that. He said, we don't even know how to communicate. He said, all we know is this phone. And it right. was, I was, he's like, that's it. And he's like, and that's why we're so depressed. And he's like, I had to come out of that and doing my, you know, do, doing my music. And I said, well, I'm glad you, you know that about yourself. Now, with them only knowing this, a lot of them, and even a lot of, you know, folks in my age range and, and above and below, they keep talking about crypto. And then if somebody really wants to sound smart, they just throw out the word blockchain because that <laughs> makes you sound like, you know, they got a PhD and right. they might not have nothing, right? What are you doing to educate people on what a blockchain is, the purpose of a DEX and all of that? Because I think we got to catch them now because we got a lot of idiots just walking around and blockchain is going to make me rich. Blockchain. And it's like blockchain can make you broke, too, because those who know (laughs) how to hack (laughs) are waiting for you. And what you don't know is why you don't grow. So give us the game on that. You know, that's, you know, you know it, it blows my mind, right? You know, it's like, you know, I often say when I'm in a barbershop or in a club and somebody bring up something to me, I realize we got a problem. You know, if I'm in, you know, when when, when I'm in a club and a DJ says, you know, talking talk about, hey, y'all got, y'all got your, your Bitcoin? I'm like, oh, Lord, I better go sell right now, right? This, <laughs> this is done, you know? <laughs> you know? 
you know, if I'm in a barbershop and they start arguing with me about cryptocurrency, I'm like, peace, bro. Because, you know, uh, what we are doing is this, right? And you're right. We have to start early. So see those words that you're talking about? That is nomenclature, right? It's words. So we have to have the right words first before we can even learn a lot knowledge. So the fact that our people are using these words, that's a good start. But the question is, you know, you, you just can't be an inch deep. I mean, you, you, you got to go deep into this. So what we're doing now is that we're taking ninth through 12th graders and we, we are building camps. So we had a blockchain, a blockchain camp, artificial intelligence camp, crypto camp, where we're just introducing, you know, our kids uh, to the subject matter so they can have a working knowledge of, of how to use blockchain. Blockchain is almost like an application where you can secure data such that, that people can't break into it and you, you can apply it in different areas. That's what I'm saying. You've got to know other stuff, right? You just can't walk around and say, I know blockchain. Blockchain got to be applied, you know, to something. I mean, they use blockchain to secure, you know, uh, 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 currency interactions between two entities and, you know, it, you know, it's encoded and can you know, encrypted and can't, can't be broken. But when our kids get the knowledge, when they get the, the nomenclature down, now they're empowered and it becomes demystified and they can go deeper. And when they can go deeper and understand what it is, they can say, well, dang, I'm over here doing these games. Is there a way for me to apply blockchain to these, you know, to gaming? Is there a way for me to apply blockchain to, you know, uh, basketball and the data they get from basketball, then it creates something uh, that never existed before. We just had a, 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 a uh, we have short courses too for ninth to 12th graders. We just had a short course with, Fit, with Fitbit. Uh, Fitbit sponsored it. And Fitbit taught our kids about wearable technology. You know, we all know Instagram and stuff. I keep saying we got our, everybody on Facebook, but they won't put their face in a book. You know, so we brought in Fitbit because Fitbit wanted to, they said, look, these, if, they, if these kids love fashion and you're working with them in STEM, let's teach them about wearable technology and maybe they can create something that never existed before. Can we take the technology, take our love for clothes, and then create something like the dude did when he created uh, Under Armour, right? He found a material that wicked sweat. So he said, wick, I mean, this material wick, you pour water on it, I mean, it pulls it away from the body. So he made this, you know, these sports clothes that eventually turned into a billion-dollar industry but just think of some of our young men who's playing all these sports, had a STEM background, understand, you know, pressure and wicking, that they can create something that then they can sell to each other. Man, this game is is, is really just this is this is golden game. I don't want to give you guys too much because I want you to go to the links. I want you to go check out all of the links and I want you to even go check out the school if you are in um, the area, even visiting, you know, after you leave 7-Eleven Bourbon Street and get that alligator and you had your two or three drinks, take a 10 minute, 12 minute drive over to Drexel Drive and, you know, get right. But I want to know, you know, what is and you've talked about it throughout this whole interview, but maybe we haven't touched on something. I want to know what is your community give back that you're doing or that you want to do in the future that we haven't talked about? Mm. You know, I used to be a professor at Tulane University. I was the first and only African-American ever tenured in the history of the College of Engineering at Tulane. Tulane is a majority white private school uh, where 50 percent of my students came from the northeast uh, and came from households of one hundred fifty thousand dollars or more. In 12 years, I taught. 14 black kids in a city in New Orleans that was pre-Katrina, 70% black. 
I used to sit in my building and watch their black kids walk down the street and say, why in the hell those kids don't know me? And that's problematic, right? So I wanted to take what I was doing and bring it home because I grew up in New Orleans. So when we started Stimnola, my wife and I put up $100,000 of our own money to kick this off because people didn't believe. I mean, I went to people and people didn't believe. And sometimes you got to take a chance on yourself. And God is, is giving you insight and giving you wisdom and giving you opportunity you know, a lot of us become stars, become famous, we become rich, and we spend all our time and energy trying to show people how rich and famous we are, rather than spending time thinking about how we can come back to the community and make more of us, because we'll make us special. I tell my brother all the time, who the hell think, well, if you Captain America, why can't you think any of these damn black kids here can be you? So, what, what, you know, who made you uh, uh, this end all, right? So the, the point is, we got to bring bring it back home. We got to bring it back in the community. It's not worth anything. So that's why all of the events that we have is in the community. Uh, we take the recreation facilities and in a three and a half hour period, we convert the recreation facility into a laboratory. So when the kids, up to 200 kids walk into the recreation facility, they think they're coming into a gym. They come in, they're like, whoa, what is that? And for four hours, we engage them in a subject matter and they walk out of there knowing you can go to YouTube and you Google STEM NOLA and hit video and watch uh, seven and eight, I mean, seven-year-old, eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds talk about STEM like people who otherwise in college. And we, we take, we're, we're putting kids on the news with white lab coats every other week. And for three minutes, the news allow us to put a kid on TV and the kid does an experiment. I mean, lie. And this, 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 ain't, this ain't made up. This ain't play play. And even the, the, the news person said, where are you all getting these brilliant kids from? I said, from them failing schools. How is it we can take this and do this with our children? But these schools that's getting millions of dollars every year on the backs of our children can't show them their, their, you know, their, their greatness. So everything we do is about the community. We bring it back to communities. As a matter of fact, Keelan, we say, you know, I, I told you before that we have been to Ghana and this and that. We are talking to people in Ghana now to create STEM Ghana. Uh, I'm not at liberty to say, but we may be kicking off STEM Tanzania real, real, real soon. Uh, we say, if you look at the, you know, the Jewish community, people are like, oh, that's a real community. I said, well, if you go to Africa and you look at the, the Shanti or the Khan people, that's a real community too. And in their communities, the high functioning community is child-centered, adult-governed, elder room. What we have done is that we've, we've created a high functioning STEM community that's child-centered. Everything we do is focused on the children in the community. That's adult government. Who are the adults in our community? The adults are the people that get up and got to do the work like me and you 40, 80 hours to try to create a legacy and wealth for our children. But that's our college kids. And that's why we put over a million dollars in the hands of college students so they don't have to go work at fast foods, right? They can go back into the community, be a role model and give back to kids just like them. And the kids can see them and say, wow, one day I could be like you. And then surround them with the STEM professionals who volunteer because they got jobs, right? So that's, we call that vertical mentoring. So you see the pictures behind me, you always see the kids, you always see college kids, you always see the STEM professionals. The STEM professionals love what we do because it gives them a pathway home because they're living out in the suburbs, right? In matchsticks and bubblegum manufactured neighborhoods. So we give them a way to come home and feel good about themselves and give back in an impactful way before they jump in their car and go back. Give me your time, your talent, and your treasure, and our children and our community will be better. And what does it take? Um, you, you mentioned Africa 
And so I have in, in Tanzania, you know, Mambo, Haligani, what does it take to have a, a STEM program from you? How many people do you need to have? How much money does one have to raise? Because I can, I, somebody's listening saying, how do I get this program in my city, in my area? Um, you know, and I want exactly what you're talking about packaged up. And I even want Dr. Mackey to come, you know, that might even be a little more pricey. Y'all. You might yeah, have that little more pricey, bro. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> that's what everybody wants, right? If we're going to do it, then we want you to come to kick it off. That, that's a whole different, you know, that, that's a whole different agent, right? You got to go talk to that person over there. Now this, this STEM stuff, that's something different. It takes approximately $250,000 a year, right? Uh, the first year probably be three fifty, then it dropped down to about approximately two fifty. Uh, and we we built it, we put it in a box, right? We've created STEM community in a box: two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. If you just follow the, you know, what, what we we built for you, it, 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 you're gonna get the same return. You just kicked off STEM Saginaw. I know Saginaw STEM. If you go to SaginawSTEM.com, brother called me up. He flew down. We went fishing. I said, man, look, if you're going to listen, I'm going to teach, right? Uh, and he said, well, I'm going to listen. We get in the boat. We went fishing. He started catching the fish. He from Saginaw, Michigan. That sun came out. He almost died. He about to jump out the boat. I ate for the alligator. Went by. Like, oh, Lord, now I got to listen. But he, he, he started his first two. He's had his first two events. He's like, man, I've never seen anything like this. Because he got up to 100 kids, black and brown, low-income, low-resource kids in Saginaw, Michigan, in a gym. Uh, doing STEM on a Saturday, just like that, because he just followed the pattern. And the beautiful part is, not only does it cost two fifty a year minimum, but I even teach you how to raise the money. See, there are people extracting from our community, and we should extract from them. So, a lot of us in our community go to the to the utility company and ask the utility company for money for mentoring, or you go to the telephone company and ask for money for food. No, we go to the utility company and we say, give us $25,000 or $50,000 to teach kids about power and transmission. Or we go to the people building the streets and they give us $25,000 or $50,000 to teach kids about infrastructure. So we have developed modules that align with, with the values of the people who otherwise extract them from us. And if they don't, then we, we should rain down hell on them. If you extract them from the community and you're not giving back to the community, if we are rate payer, right? If I'm paying a water bill and the people making money from water is not doing things to otherwise educate our children about water, look like somebody should be putting their foot in their behind. And that's where I push the button with the politicians because, you know, that's your job. I don't go to politicians and ask for nothing. I go to politicians and say, do your job. When these people come in here and they want these big contracts, you ask them, ask them, have they ever heard of STEM knowing? Ask them what they're doing for the community. You ain't got to tell them to do nothing. And then when we sit down and talk to them, they go, oh, we gotta do this exactly. Now, is there a deck? Because I'm thinking for the masses, you know, those who may say, "I've never been an entrepreneur." This sounds like a franchise opportunity. Some, you know, like, "Oh, I could make some money off this." Right? Um, this really is the the Lord's work. But there could be, you know, uh, I know Dr. Mackey isn't broke. He's all around the, the the world with this. But is there a deck that they can take to those companies and say, "Hey, we want to do this. We need that twenty two hundred and fifty thousand before we even come and." bother Dr. Mackey because we don't have, you know, the money and we need to get it from you big companies or you governments who will give, you know, I've seen $40,000 uh, uh, 
uh, contracts for people to create Twitters, but they couldn't make one tweet. So is there any deck or information that they can take, download and bring to these companies to promote and market that in their area? Well, well, the answer is yes. They just can't download it. They have to engage with us yet because we vet people. I mean, this is not play play. And and uh, and when I say it's not play play, uh, I'm committed to a generation, right? If you want to do this, you need to commit to a generation. I want to be able, my dream when I created this, when I, I sat down with the mayor, when I sat down with pretty much the president of the United States, I said my dream is to be able to, I, I, my dream is, is to be able to take a baby from a mother's womb. And if that mom commit that baby to me and us for the next uh, 16 years, we can walk that baby into something that that mom never even imagined before. Uh, so I got, you know, my, my commitment is a generation because people opt in and opt out, right? So you may get a kid up to the third grade, and you know what happened around sixth grade, they start smelling themselves. They go try to play football, basketball, then they come back in eighth grade and say, oh, so our community is so used to people using them, right? They come, they take pictures and they go on. But we, we say we got to be here for a generation so we can show that we could take a kid from the womb and turn that kid into a scientist or a doctor or engineer. So our people in our community can always know this is always there. Just like football always there, just like basketball always there, guess what always gonna be in your community? This STEM program teaching your kids about the, the, the future, uh, you know, the 21st century. So yes, there is a deck and we walk side by side. It, it is a licensing agreement and we walk side by side with the person that otherwise to say, they want to do this. Now, do you have to be a STEM person to do this? The answer is absolutely not. Because what we've done is that we've built the model. See, Keelan, people have been looking. They keep talking about cradle to career and all that. And they've been saying this would need to exist. But I said, you know what? I'm going to make it my life's work. So we want to walk with you. Let's say, in, in, you know, in Miami and create STEM Miami or something. And we walk side by side to help you raise the money. And then for the first year, that's why I say the first year is more expensive because you got your licensing fee, then you got your training fee. We walk side by side with you and train you and your staff up to deliver what it is that we do. And then after that, you're on your own and we just give you technical support. I mean, just like McDonald's, right? And we will be there so you can always uh, give to the community. Now, the reason why we got to be locked at the hip is because STEM is organic. Uh, you know, hey man, I was doing this before there was a Facebook. I was doing this before there was a Twitter. I was doing it before it was STEM. In 1999, I wrote a paper called Promoting the Study of Science, Math, Engineering, and Technology Using Video Programming in an Urban School District. It was called SMET then. I was doing this when it was when it was when it was set, when it was Tim, when it was M. So this thing changes, right? And the technology of the day may not be the technology 10 years from now. So the, the modules that we've created today in five years may have to be something totally different. So that's why we're gonna create this global headquarters in New Orleans. And we're going to be the, you know, the research so that we can keep giving to all these different communities so that our kids can always be where they need to be for the 21st century. You guys have been blessed by the game. I want you to check those links out. We got to take this offline because I want to talk about some stuff that is so just is personal detailed. The audience, it'll go over your head because you won't know the people I want to talk about. But Dr. Mackey, you're going to see him on other shows. If you follow me, you know where to look, but check him out. Dr. Mackey, we're going to take this off air. I thank you. And if nothing else, y'all share this information, it will change somebody's life. And let me let, let me say this, man, the 21st century First and foremost, thank you, Keelan. Thank you for having me. 
In the 21st century, our children are only going to have one or three options. Either they're going to take something, break something, and or make something. And if we don't give them the skills, the education, and the inspiration, the motivation to make something, like make a living, make a life, make a difference, and only going to leave them with the two options that we see on the news every night. And we don't want that for our children. Why is it everybody else giving their children what they need for the 21st century? And we're giving our children what they need to entertain them in the 21st century. No, we got to make our children producers of the 21st century. Hi, everyone. Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia. Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is going to cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that $100 US dollars is worth a 1,000 South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African. I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversify Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifygame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.